Welcome back to the Wiki Good Book Club. Where we take random months off without any warning. I don't think that's a problem. I We learned from only the best. There are a lot of podcasts that I've listened to for a lot of years that just fuck off for months at a time. Nobody okay. says anything. Well, yeah, it is. it is what it is. It is what it is. To be fair, I pretty much stopped listening to those podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) But that's fine. That's fine. That's That's fine. fine. Oh, gosh. So, it hasn't been that long. Our last episode was in January. Yeah. It's March. It's not March. It's It's April. It's not March. Yep. It's Mm -hmm. not March. It's April. Um, It's it's the middle of April. And then uh, we have a bonus episode that was recorded almost a year ago at this point that I can put out. Also, at some point. I don't remember what the episode was. Uh, it's our hook, line, and sinker episode. Oh, that's right. I don't. I don't think it ever went up, but I'll look. Oh. Don't quote me. <laughs> don't quote me on that. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. We're so clearly anyway. very serious here. <laughs> Podcasting is our full-time job, so this is absolutely. Very <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely didn't end work like thirty minutes ago in this exact same chair in this exact same room. Definitely yeah. not. Um, I don't think we pay our bills. Although, maybe we would take it really seriously. I mean, we would have to, or else we would be <laughs> homeless. Yeah. Anyway, so we're back in the month of April with kind of a long-awaited book for us. Yeah. Um, definitely a long-awaited book for you, for us to do, and then for me, because I'm reading it still. This is like yeah. a broken record. I'm still reading this fucking series. Yeah. But our episode eight, not really eight, but we're calling it episode eight, is Crown of Midnight. Yeah. Second book is... in Throne of Glass. Or third. Depends on the order. It does. I counted as second, but yeah. that's my reading order. I think, when did you have me read this? I think you had me read Assassin's Blade after this one. I did. Yep. Yeah. And that's how I so read it, just, too. So it was third. Yeah. Yeah. Original publication 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, we graduated high school 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we will not be going to our high school reading. But yeah. Uh, I'd rather stab myself in the eye with a fork. I, that could be arranged, first of all. No, I didn't say I wanted that. I said if I had to choose between that or going to the high school reunion, yeah, stab myself in the eye with a fork. That's fair. For sure. Um, I didn't plan very well. I do have a Throne of Glass sweatshirt, and I'm not wearing it. Uh, I'm surprised, because that is a personal favorite of yours. It is. I wear it all the time. But this is my Crescent City mm. sweatshirt. It's Another a, personal favorite. An easy mistake to make. Same universe we know now, so well, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. It's. I feel like it's not a maybe. We do talk about that kind of towards the end of this episode, but... Obviously, there's going to be spoilers for anything in the SJM universe in this episode. So, yeah. Just... Although, like, not as many for Throne of Glass because you haven't finished it. So, not as many for Throne of Glass. Not like the end of Throne of Glass is yeah, still spoiler free. Know, I know that something like terrible happens just because I've like, seen stuff about it. Obviously, the book's been out for years and years and years and years. So it's not like there's any hiding it. Um, yeah. But I don't know, like, what happens yet. I've been Multiple pretty, terrible things like, happen, Sarah. So <laughs> you're gonna die, but you're gonna be happy about happy it. Happy about it. Yeah. Kind of. This one's on a smaller side. The first couple yeah. books kind of are 448 pages. I'm reading Empire of Storm right now, and that's like 700 pages. I yeah. think. 
Yeah. So it's definitely this definitely felt smaller. The first half of this series read a lot quicker for me than the second half is. But I the second half is more dense, but there's a lot more going on too. So Yeah. I've definitely um gotten I tried doing the tandem read of Empire of Storm and Tower of Dawn. Um and that was not working for me. So I scrapped it. I was probably like two hundred ish pages into each book. I just started over. So I'm um, like a hundred and something pages in. It's going. It's a lot. I'm enjoying it a lot more. Yeah, so I think that was necessary. I think you are not going to enjoy the end and then having to read Tower of Dawn though. Yes, that is kind of the general consensus. But to just read Tower of Dawn so fast to like get through it, or yeah. give up, read the Spark Notes and move on. We'll see how I feel yeah. about it. I think and it's some people decide like to do a, that. I think it's going to be just a really quick read where I'm like not paying that much attention. We'll see. I don't know how I'm going to feel at the end of this book. So, unfortunately, I would say that Tower of Dawn is a lot slower mm-hmm. than Empire Storms, and um, That's what I've heard. A, a lot of important stuff happens, but it definitely happens in the later half. Yeah, and the first half can be a little painful, Reading especially if you're about... not a fan of Kale or Nesserin. Reading Kale get pushed around an old city and hearing the tiles described got old after the first eight pages. And then right. 200 pages in, I'm still listening to him be like, my body is broken, but my penis might work. It's just, I'm right. not into it. Exactly. Um, so I'm not into his character, though. I'm not a, I'm yeah. a Kale sympathizer, if you will. He gets better. That's kind of the whole point of Tower of Dawn is kind of his little redemption arc. Yeah, but, he's got an 800-page redemption arc. He better come out shitting glitter at the other end. He doesn't. <laughs> Does he walk again? Like, I don't I feel I'm like, not gonna, like I'm not gonna... there's only so much uppies he can get from I'm not gonna... Wow. Um, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but it is important yeah. that there are good characters in it. In my opinion, the best characters are not the ones we start out with in that book. Yeah, <laughs> so. I would buy that for a dollar. So it might be painful. Yeah, I think it is going to be painful. Um, I'm probably going to finish Empire of Storm and be like, yay! And then be like, oh, fuck, I should have done the tandem read. But I, it was just, it was really hard for I me. I don't think you're going to finish End of uh, Empire of Storms and be like, yay. Throwing no, it out there. I don't I don't think so. You're, I think you're like, going to be like, oh my god. You just made the weirdest noise, but I'm going to leave it in because you sounded like a cyborg there. It, like the O was just like, oh. <laughs> okay. It's, I, um, in addition to a lot of other things that I lost in the divorce, I lost my recording headphones. And so we've been playing this game every episode since April of last year. It's been a year now. Um, where I like don't have the proper tools to get my shit together and do recording. So if the audio sounds terrible, I take the blame because I I don't know why I haven't invested in another pair. I guess because we don't do this that often now. But we'd yeah. like to do it more often, at least. So maybe I'll... Yeah. I also... I think I have two other headsets that you can use. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, I work from pair. home. I have a random headset. So I'll, I'll go get a pair on Friday. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So a lo- obviously a lot has happened to this point already, even though it's only the yeah. second book. Yeah. Do you really any recap of the first book? Other than she became the King's Champion and we're starting with her basically in her new role. Yeah, and I would say just like another thing to like keep in mind real quick is that like her and Dorian had like a little tiny dalliance and then she was like, 
we can't be together yeah it wouldn't look right for us to be together which i mean i mix opinion i love relationships that are fucked up and toxic and like people don't want you to be together so you want to be together more i am all that lifestyle and i'm doing my judging face (laughs) she is but her her thing is that she's comparing like their relationship to her relationship with and i'm just i'm gonna call him kale with what kale's would be and she's like is it worse to be with the king or the king's son or is it worse to be with the leader of the guard i'm like they're both equally shitty like you're not better for doing one or the other pretty much she rationalizes it but i i don't see that big of a difference i think the only difference is um the prince is very different than the king like the guard wow i'm losing my mind um the like head guard um it's it's very different in the way that like something could work out like have an end goal with the with a guard not with a prince yeah i guess i see it the other way because i feel like the prince could decide to pluck anyone out of the crowd at any time and make them royalty i understand that she comes like with her own dark little past that would be very scandalous but the person who was pursuing her as a criminal and who would continue to pursue her as a criminal is this other person so to me it was like i don't know that it could just date a normal person date somebody else maybe like i don't know i think that um and it comes up later with in this book with uh, a conversation between dory and nahemia but basically that like kind of both kale and selena have a lot more leeway to do what they want with their lives whereas yeah, for sure like dory and nahemia have like a duty so, like, if they needed to marry for an alliance, they would have to. And yeah. that has to be open instead of, like, a scandalous marriage to someone that is not of nobility is a assassin, you know. <laughs> Whereas mean... now it's Kale and um, and Selena are working together yeah, as the king's champion together. and the head of the king's guard. So they are working together. I don't see them together. I don't see their personalities clicking um obviously it develops but we'll we'll talk about it we'll talk about it when we get there so yeah she's one and here we are yeah yeah um selena is fulfilling her new role as the king's champion um (laughs) by assassinating all the people all his enemies um all over uh otterlin um at least so it seems we figure out pretty quickly um that that is a ruse so she knows that the king is like an actual dictator. She knows he's not a good person. So his enemy, his enemies that she's he's killing, he's sending her to kill, uh, probably don't deserve to die, or so she thinks. So she basically gives them a choice of like either I kill you right now, or you can fake your death and like get out of Otterland and never come back. Um, and that's what everybody has decided to do thus far. I love um, that she's just like street justice. Like my first official act as the king's champion is to directly under him disobey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think like yeah, it comes from I almost, in my opinion, to the king of like I'm sorry. What do you expect? You imprisoned her, and now you're like, hey, you want to be in a different kind of prison? Like, of course she's not going to. Like, well, yeah, and follow. I mean, like he holds it over her head every time that he's like. If you ever don't come back, I'm going to kill the people you like. If you ever don't obey me, I'm going to kill the people. If you look at me the wrong way. Like, he gives her very little leeway. Like, a lot and yet very little leeway with her job and her 
tentative employment with the crown and he's also like yeah. you can only be free if you do all these things so it's yeah it's, it's definitely deal. like a gilded cage yeah for sure she's uh arriving back um with the faked death the faked severed head <laughs> of um her latest uh quote-unquote victim um and the king gives her um a new name of someone to take out which is a suspected rebel leader named archer finn and he gives her a month to complete the task the issue is that she actually knew archer back in the day when she was still a young assassin in rithold and he was a young courtesan so she doesn't really want to kill him she doesn't really think that it makes sense for him to be a rebel leader like it doesn't make sense so she wants to reconnect with him first and kind of scope out what's going on so she she gets she meets him and basically she confronts him and is like listen the king gave me your name because you're allegedly part of a rebel group um and surprisingly archer says that he is part of this group but basically he can give her the names of everybody else if she doesn't kill him and he will help her do that and then she will fake his death and then he can leave and it seems like that's also like kind of a golden opportunity because he doesn't want to be a courtesan anymore either. So, and he tells her that this rebel group is trying to track down the lost princess, Aelin Galathinius, who they, um, is the heir of Terrison, who everybody else thinks was killed, but they believe is still alive. And they think that she's really the only hope to restore Terrison and go up against the King of Otterland. So, like I said, Selena makes that deal with Archer and um so they start start plotting about how she's going to get this list of other names of these mm -hmm. rebel leaders and then eventually fake archer's death yeah it's interesting because the, the king kind of portrays the rebel group as like a domestic terrorist group and not Definitely. like a kind of a coup type vibe so it's yeah it's interesting to see it from both perspectives but this whole time her relationship with kale is blossoming so they're because now they're training together even more. They're going on missions and stuff together. But there's also an attraction that's growing between them. But he's feeling super torn with it because he's loyal to the king. He's in charge of the king's guard. And then he's also best friends with and has grown up best friends with Dorian. So he's mm -hmm. like, I really can't have a relationship with her because he knows kind of what went down with them the, the previous year. And he also knows that like Dorian did kind of have feelings for her and now they're not going to be together. But as the walls kind of come down, she starts surprising him by being, I think, a little bit softer, maybe, than what he expected. Yeah. So she surprises him with, like, this romantic birthday dinner and with these, like, nicer gestures that I think he was a little caught off guard coming from her. Definitely. And they have kind of a, like, solidify the relationship fade to black type moment where he actually ends up sleeping over in her room. And mm -hmm. they're kind of happy and, like a weird little for a yeah. really short period of time before he's he's kidnapped and a ransom note is yeah. her being like hey we stole him and she's I like think it's literally like the same 24 hours it's, of like, it's like the birthday dinner yeah, yeah like the birthday dinner they do it he's <laughs> he's kidnapped I, I think she wakes up and he's gone and she's like what the fuck right yeah and she's like well that was nice but it's fine and then it's like oh he's been kidnapped like it yeah. was literally very <laughs> so she goes off and arrives to rescue kale and she discovers actually that archer and his group is behind the capture he said that they kidnapped him because they thought that he was um going to question 
Nehemia about her involvement in the rebel movement. And so they had to like make that not happen. And then Archer's like, oh, we have actually realized that it's the king who's going to question her. And we're pretty sure he's going to torture her and maybe even kill her, which I think is a very valid fear at this point. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. And he says that Kale basically knows or knew that this was going to happen and could have prevented it, but elected not to. So yeah. this is like shocking information for her because she and Nehemia are buds. They're besties. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. like super, it's one of her only female friends at this point. I think it's her only at this point. It might be her yeah. only at this point. Um, and one of the few in her entire life. Yes. And she's like, she's not sure if she believes all of it. Kale was apparently told by the king that there have been threats on her life and that Kale and kind of his security team was going to have a meeting with the princess. But he didn't think that the king was going to be a threat to her or was going to use that as an opportunity to threaten her. So yeah. And he, he was kind of just like told to like look out for any threats against her. Right. So he. He like kind of knew, but kind of didn't. It feels like the story is a little yeah. bit different, you know, from different people. Definitely, yeah. Like we said, after like literally just a couple of days of like couple bliss, Kale is uh, taken for ransom, and so she rushes to free Kale. Basically, it turns out that it's the rebel group took them, and I believe Archer is there. Yes, Archer is there. She does her little assassin thingy and freaks everybody out. And that's when she finds out about the plot kind of against Nehemia, possibly. Um, So she rushes back to the castle to try to save Nehemia. Unfortunately, she's too late and she discovers Nehemia's really brutally murdered body in Nehemia's bedroom, along with her two guards. And of course, you know, we can kind of understand that Selena blames Hale for her death at this point, since he knew that her life had been threatened and he didn't do anything to stop it is how she saw it. She actually ends up attacking Kale and almost, like, kills him. She leaves a permanently, like, scarred mark on his face just from her fingernails. Dorian actually uses his magic to literally free Selena's hand to stop her from killing Kale. Nobody else in the room except for kind of Selena uh, understands what happened. Because she just attacked him and Kale's afraid that she's going to attack Dorian even, uh, Kale sends Selena to the castle dungeons where she's like loses her mind for a minute there. Obviously, her best friend's been brutally murdered. She believes her basically boyfriend Mm -hmm. to be part of the cause. So while in the dungeon, um, Selena speaks to Paltane, who, if we remember from book one, was the mean girl, the resident mean girl in the castle helped to poison her during the last trial of the champions tournament um rude so she speaks to caltaine who she's definitely going cuckoo kachoo i mean a little bit there caltaine's been in the dungeons for months months unattended people had forgotten she was even there like yeah she's been and she was already kind of yeah and she was already kind of going a little bit mad at the end there Mm -hmm. anyways she had a severe like opium addiction it sounded like and she kept getting these severe migraines Mm -hmm. that would kind of just like make her feel crazy and then she would self-medicate with opium which didn't really make it um better so she speaks to caltaine um caltaine tells her about these headaches that she's been having and she keeps saying that she sound she hears the sound of wings in the distance and she tells selena that duke parrington plans to take her 
uh, take her with him to Marath soon, which again, doesn't really add up because Caltain was charged with treason. So why would Duke Parrington still want her? I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think it's only a couple days and Kale can't bring himself to leave Selene in the dungeons for much longer. Um, so she's released to her room soon and basically she just stays in bed and like just completely wallows in absolute grief. She barely leaves her bed for days um, as she tries to mourn Nehemia and tries to grapple with the fact that another person in her life uh, that she loved has been brutally murdered and she couldn't protect them. Which, like, that would take a toll for sure. And you have to remember, she's young. She's not yeah. like an adult coping with this. So her she kind of becomes hyper-fixated and makes her main goal figuring out who murdered Nehemia. Um, she thinks that it may have been Grave, who's someone that she competed against and beat out to become the King's Champion. Um, mm -hmm. And she tracks him down, <laughs> and then she kills him when she... Like, he's not the murderer, but she kills him anyway, just, like, to be safe. Um, well, they, yeah. Yeah, they, like, they kind of, they go at it, but he ends up dead. Um, she goes to Nehemia's grave, and Kale's, like following her around at this point being like the fuck is this yeah. girl doing and he sees her singing songs in a language that he doesn't recognize and like exhibiting some at Nehemia's grave at yeah. the grave mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um and obviously their romantic relationship has dissolved at this point um I think yeah. that this would be too much for any couple to go through so he she yeah. decides to go ahead and make up with Dorian, not in a romantic way, but like she's realizing that's one of the only friends that she really has left. Um, and he sees her going through kind of what she's going through. And then he starts doing what Kale was doing, which is like following her around when she's having this like low key erratic behavior. So yeah. he follows her into the library and through this old door. And he's like, I don't know what she's doing, but we're going for it. And I yeah. just think given the history of that castle i personally would not be doing that but she's eh, on the hunt she, she's on the hunt for a creature that she saw one night in the library and she's curious as to maybe if it could have murdered her um and instead she yeah. finds a ton of cells in a spiral pattern under the castle and at the end of this spirals and at the end of a tunnel she discovers that there's something weird about the clock tower on castle grounds and it's made out of some type of material that affects her. She tries to run away, but she's attacked when she found the creature. I guess, like, check that off your to-do list, <laughs> find the creature. And she realizes that when she's fighting the creature, that it knows how to use word marks, which is scary, because she yeah. doesn't really even know how to use it, and it's kind of an old forgotten, like, nobody does since the magic ban. So It was like Nehemia and nobody else, is what and she thought. <laughs> Yeah, that's at this point though that like that's the truth that to her. Yeah. Um so Dorian finds her, she's trying to escape the creature, and he uses his magic and eventually they're able to kill the creature, but then it's revealed that Dorian does in fact have magic. Right. Later on, as Selena's she's I don't know, she's got all these, like you said, a little to-do list. Mm -hmm. Um next on the to-do list is meeting uh this witch that is on the grounds as like a little carnival for Dorian's brother's birthday. She does like fortunes and stuff, but she turns out to be like an actual legit witch named Baba Yellowlegs. Which kills me. The names of these witches moving yeah. forward, it 
kill yellow legs kills me i cannot take them seriously like oh you can see her trademark yellow leg i'm like that's not scary that doesn't scare me specifically the yellow legs aren't scary some of the other witches some of the other ones are kind of scary but when they're like she's got scaly yellow legs i'm like that's fucking i just put some i just picture (laughs) i just picture chicken legs on a woman like literal chicken legs like long socks on something like i'm not yeah yeah but (laughs) apparently baba yellow legs is like really scary so we're just gonna pretend um (laughs) um but uh so she goes to her because she does like um uh fortunes and all this stuff so she goes to her she's hoping that baba yellow legs can help her decipher a riddle that's tied to these word marks that she's been investigating so the witch says the riddle um describes the three word keys that are necessary to open the word gate. She says the person who finds the keys and opens the gate will wield incredible power, like enough to control not only this world, but other worlds. Unfortunately, this is a little classic bait and switch because she's like, yeah, I'll tell you. And then she then immediately tries to kill Selena. Um, what did Selena think was going to happen? Like, yeah, she's, yeah. she's going to a notorious leader of a war-ridden witch clan asking for very very highly classified basically information about something that you can literally control the world if you have it all so when baba realizes that she's gonna have this information she's like fuck no yeah basically so she tries she attacks her she tries to kill her but selena ultimately gets the one up and kills baba yellow legs Mm-hmm. Bye, chicken legs. See you later. Or never. Eventually, like we said, Selena figures out the full riddle and it leads to where one of the three word marks or word keys was actually hidden. Unfortunately, though, it's gone. It was in the tomb of Elena and Mort, the magic door knocker, <laughs> confirms what she was afraid of that the king discovered it. The king of Otterland discovered it long time ago he has one of the word keys selena suspects the king has the second key as well and and knows and she knows she has to find the third one before he becomes the master of the freaking universe Gana. and she thinks that nahimi was researching this before her death and that she might know the location of the final key and that this is probably one of the reasons she was targeted and killed so selena decides that she's going to open a portal to another word to the world of like the dead to reach nehemia using word key word marks to ask her about the location of the third key so this is a terrible idea for a number of reasons one being her yeah. grasp on word marks is so fucking poor she yeah. knows um i know that she's researching in libraries and whatever but like she doesn't she yeah. does end up reaching her and nehemia tells selena that she had to die in order to kind of set things in motion to try to defeat the king. Archer shows up as Nehemia is disappearing, and he explains that Nehemia left the rebel group because she didn't agree with how they wanted to handle things with the king. And, I mean, good for her for her convictions. Not sure I'd be going against the rebel group in a time of war. I, you know, she gets to do what she wants. But it's uh, revealed that Archer actually killed Nehemia, which obviously pisses Selena off. Um, and set it up to make sure that Selena was going to turn against Kale in the whole process of the information coming out. Selena acts like she's going to go along with Archer's plan to get the information um, that they need, and she attacks Archer. Um, as yeah. this is happening, though, 
the creature or another creature steps through the portal, which wasn't closed, which is why you don't fucking open doors you can't close. And yeah. Kale and Dorian, who were alerted by a dream that he had from his ancestor, because there's some weird ass magic stuff going on now, mm-hmm. arrive as things are emerging. Um, so Selena's dog Fleetfoot chases this creature into the portal. I don't think we've mentioned Fleetfoot before now. She Homer um, picks we up did, a dog along the way. We we did last uh epi- last like Throne of Glass episode because yeah. Fleetfoot was a gift from Dorian. Yes. Dog um, is still around though. And she's been training the dog. Dog's very well yeah. trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently very cute. Yay. That's what they tell um, me. and fluffy, yes. Um, but unfortunately, also very stupid because she chases this creature into Stupid or dog. impulsive. That is the question for Selena as well, isn't Dogs it? Dogs <laughs> are mirroring the behavior of their owners, and we know yep. someone who is a little bit impulsive. Yep. Um, so she chases this creature, and Kale immediately jumps through this portal to save Fleetfoot. It's um, like, I don't, I'd be like, good luck, Fleetfoot. Oh, I wouldn't be. Absolutely Shit's- not. I don't know. I feel like, but Kale's not like, I get, he's kind of attached to Fleetfoot, but I feel like he's doing it. He's attached to Selena. He and Selena are going to like. Yeah. And and I will say, I'll give it to Kale. He is very brave and jumps in. No problem with things like this. So, you know, but yeah, he, so he goes after her um, and Selena follows him through the portal to get him (laughs) and Fleetfoot out. Everybody's in the portal. Yeah. We're all in the portal. This is starting I, to become a thing where, like, you go out to save somebody who's drowning, and then you start drowning, and then someone else has to come out and save both of you. That's it reminds me of the meme where they're like, whenever you put in your notice, just put me two next to it. I'll sign it, too. Or do you go, I go. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, pretty much. There's a little a little thing happens in this world, this new world that this portal mm-hmm. brings us to. Magic still exists. Ooh. And Selena, holy shit, Selena shifts into a fae mm-hmm. and has fire magic. Ooh la la. Well, Kale watches and is horrified Which she's fae. Like, this is when I kind of lost all respect because he's like, yeah, he's like grossed out. I'm like, dude, first of all, just because you don't have power, it doesn't mean you have to be a hater. Second right. of all, who cares? And also, I'm sorry. After everything that's happened in throne of glass and so far up to this point like where there's definitely magic and all these other things and i don't know i thought we were getting a little bit more uh accepting of other people kale he literally murders people for a living like relax (laughs) right but he's not yeah he's not disgusted by that he's disgusted that she has magic and is oh magic anyways she's just cooler than you she is barbie he's just ken you know just ken uh, she's magic. She gets the creature back. Um, she's able to make it so that they can escape back into the other world. Her, Kale, and Fleetfoot gotta check that dog mark. The dog's safe. Mm-hmm. They close the portal with the help of Dorian, who also has magic. Kale's like, both of the closest people of my entire life both have magic. Oh, Kale's, God. Kale's not. Kale's having doing... an existential crisis right Kale's now. Kale's definitely having a fucking day and a half right now. He is. With the help of Dorian, like I said, they close the portal. Uh, now Kale knows that, like, for some reason, Dorian has magic in a world where there's not supposed to be magic. Mm-hmm. Strange. Question mark. Once everybody gets in there, they close the portal. Selena then follows and kills Archer Good. in the tunnels. 
Good. Should have just killed him um, in the beginning. But again, yeah, true. Um, but again, Kale watches her do this and is also sickened by the way that she like has no empathy and is just killing him. Yeah, and I mean that kind of kicks off when she fucking comes to save him. He sees her do her whole assassin thing and he's yeah. not grateful that she saved him. He's like surprised that she's like this. I'm like you you were you yeah. got her out of prison and brought yeah. her to compete with other assassins. Like you yeah. you've been knowing about this. Yeah, I mean to be fair, he's never seen her like in her element in her element. You did know. I don't know. It's all just piling on for our yeah, our piece of brown lettuce. Though, so Kale still loves Selena, mm-hmm. but his feelings are way more complicated as he realizes, like, all the complexities of her. Like, she's not, she's not, like, a lady. She's not this princess. Oh, she, no. He's, like, kind of realizing that, like, she's this morally gray character who's also a fae and has magic. <laughs> Yeah, those are our favorite kind here on the pod. So love can't, Morley Gray. Can't relate. Right. Um, Whereas, like, I'm like, ooh, even all, better. This all happens, and Kale's like, you know what's going to solve this problem? I'm going to just send her really far away. Yeah. <laughs> to far, definitely. far away. So yeah. he goes to his father, who's been at the yeah. ca- he's been like been at the castle doing some counseling and stuff for the king and works at a deal where he basically says he wants to send Selena Wendelin to mm-hmm. dispatch the royal family and to learn about their military plans and stuff. And in exchange yeah. for his father's help getting the king to agree to this plan and to help vote for the matter basically when the king gets brought for the king everybody's got to say yes to it. Kale says he will leave his position as captain of the guard and return home to <laughs> Aniel, sure. There's too many vowels, which is what his father has wanted for a really long time. Um, And so his dad agrees to help him. And his dad is like a super dick about it. Uh, He's a super dick about everything. I mean, in general. But the king agrees to the plan. Everyone's on board. And (laughs) then they're just like, okay, Selena, bye. And I mean, Hale thinks that it's going to be, like, the only safe place for her. Um, yeah, I mean, he he thinks it's a safe place for her, but also, like, her as a person, but also her in relation to everything else that's going on. Like, he wants uh, yeah. her palace in general. Yeah. He's doing it to try to save her. He kind of doesn't, he kind of doesn't expect her to get rid of the royal family. That's kind of a, a ruse. He wants her yeah. to, like, get out, like, escape, kind of. Yeah, and he and thinks think... that because she's Fay, and there are still Fay and Wendlin, or like around yeah. there, that she might be safe. Yeah, yeah, and I think she expresses that kind of to him that like she's not actually going. Like she's got objections to going and just killing this entire family for like no fucking reason, really. Other than, I mean, they're at war, but yeah, I mean, they're at war, but like kids. Extended family with everyone, <laughs> right? Every, literally yeah. everyone. That's why they have a big glass wall and a big glass castle, and like it's there. Yeah, nobody likes them. His dad's right. a dick. Yeah, it's amazing that like when you start taking over other countries and killing everyone and taking away their magic like and their livelihood. Yeah, yeah. People don't. Like I mean, it is and it's not. It's not, but it is. <laughs> yeah. As she's leaving, um, both Kale and Selena are on the docks, and they're having a very tearful but also awkward goodbye. 
It's super um, awkward. It's so because awkward. they're because they're not in a good place. But like Mm-mm. Selena is kind of starting to forgive Kale, and Kale mm-hmm. is doing the opposite <laughs> with Selena. Like he's he's becoming more detached from yeah, her. I would say he's definitely putting a lot of space between them. She's like yeah. she's finally coming around, <laughs> right? But this is like a little tender kind, but still kind of awkward moment where mm-hmm. Selena feels that she has to tell Kale something. So Selena tells Kale the full truth about everything, about the word keys, um, about the creature that she and Dorian killed in the tomb beneath the library and, and how the King has some bigger evil plan that mm-hmm. she's not fully sure what's going on, but mm-hmm. she knows that, you know, he's probably trying to find this third word key for some reason Mm -hmm. um and then she also tells him a riddle at the end of this and she doesn't really tell him what it's about she just like here's the riddle uh i want you to know this and he figures it out pretty quickly um she's like sailing away she's like yeah you can see her in the boat out in the harbor yeah he has to go he has to go back to the library and like confirm double check but yeah. yeah it's it's pretty quickly um mm-hmm. and he finds out that selena is the lost princess of terrison aelin galathinius which boom, boom done if you guys could see me texting delaney reading this for the first time because i've heard about this series and everyone talks about aelin yeah i told and you I'm aelin like, is my favorite character in the I'm series like, where the fuck is this bitch in this book series? yeah i'm like do we switch main characters like after this book do we switch so i was and then at this moment i'm like oh of course it's like it's not a twin i thought maybe it was a twin thing initially yeah but it's not a twin thing it's just a double life thing which yeah. makes a lot of sense but and i kept having to be like no no both selena and aelin are main characters you'll meet aelin later it's fine yeah because i'm like <laughs> wow we've had we have these two books and then i'm pretty sure that assassin's blade is also about selena so like i three out of eight books or whatever are dedicated to her yeah. so it was it was funny i'm was glad funny. you didn't have that spoiled because i had it spoiled i didn't um, i've actually somehow avoided a majority of spoilers for this which is only incredible because of how long some of these books like this book is 10 years old so the fact that i didn't know it's very popular on book talk so it is the fact that i didn't know that now this i read this right as book talk was kind of coming about so i think i hit it right i think i would have run into issues if i was reading it like now a couple years later that was a good one there's a lot about the series that hasn't been spoiled this is definitely um like a deep cut track kind of thing for sjm obviously akatar gained a ton of popularity as did crescent city very quickly so there are a lot of people who are reading sjm in a capacity for the first time as either typically akatar and then crescent city and then like with me their third book is or their third series and universe is the throne of glass ones which it's really hard to read them in that order because yeah. obviously you've got kind of a, a regression of the writing, which is to no fault of hers. She wrote these when she was a teenager versus the one yeah. she's cranking out now. And but the later there's... books of Throne of Glass where she's an adult and like yeah. the same time as writing Akatar, it's yeah. better. But especially the first one is very juvenile. This one in this one improves. This one's quickly. pretty good. This one's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it really picked up here. But just I don't know. There aren't as it's not as popular of a series. Like there are a lot of people that feel very passionately about it as a series 
but it does not have as much recognition. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously there's a lot that speaks to that. We have Akatar, which is being put into a show format after being mm-hmm. out for only a couple years. And then, you know, the rights for this were bought and never used. Yeah. And for whatever reason. I think it will now. Yeah. I think it's going to come back around. Probably. And I think that Crescent City is more popular now than when it was just the first book. I think the second book really catapulted mm-hmm. it to like mm-hmm. really popular. And the funny thing is like, yes, I would say that this one, I don't know. I I, I think I'm biased because like I get a lot of Throne of Glass content more mm-hmm. than Crescent City. But um, a lot of people, once they read all of SJM, actually think that Throne of Glass is the best plot wise yeah everything so it's a lot of people it's their favorite it's hard as the only i'm putting air quotes around everything these days completed book series because most if not all of the loose ends i would expect to be tied up by the end when we still very much so have ongoing plots for crescent city and for akatar yeah um yeah so it'll be interesting to see kind of how these all kind of loop together i really genuinely think that they do or will yeah, I think that they will. Yeah, I think that, um, again, I think it'll be little cameos from Throne of Glass. Yeah. I think it'll be more centered around Akatar. I agree. Because that one's still ongoing. Is this your favorite book in the series? No, it is not. What is your favorite book? I would say probably either Queen of Shadows or Kingdom of Ash. Yeah, Queen of one Shadows of is mine right now. Did your favorite characters change as you were reading this compared from book one? No, they got solidified. Yeah, I feel no. like, like I didn't, I had an off vibe from Kale. Yeah. He kind of mm-hmm. just grew into kind of being a dickhead for me. Yeah. Dorian, I think, is really playful and fun. And it's nice in um, Empire of Storm that you're getting a little bit more about his story now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. I enjoy that, definitely. I think I know that he kind of like, which is okay. I guess. He kind of like what? Doesn't he die? I'm not going to tell you. I've seen fan art of it, so I'm, not I'm pretty sure he dies, but you don't have to confirm anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I liked Selena Aylin more after this, because I love A Secret Identity. Uh-huh. It. It's good. It's so, a good one, yeah. Always a good one. Any new predictions about the universe intertwining of all the SJM stuff since more little details have come out over the past six months uh not really because the details i think pertain more again to uh crescent city and agatar and i had already read throne of glass at that time so you might have more predictions my predictions are pretty much the same um i mean i don't know how throne of glass ends so obviously i think that there's more potential for it to have interplay then you, I mean, you know kind of where the series ends and I, mm-hmm. I don't know yet. I'm assuming yeah. something happens that makes it so, so that the Throne of Glass like can't participate. Like people get killed <laughs> off or whatever. I don't know yet. I can see there being like correspondence between the worlds. I can see there being over. I mean, there's a lot of overlap, obviously, in verbiage and types of magic and magical subcategories and stuff. So I, I don't doubt that at all. Um, Word marks and like the shifters. I think are the biggest ones the the portals and the idea of like word keys and I mean I that's all I mean that's already come up in other the other series so yeah I would definitely expect to see something about that but yeah yep 
out of five stars, what are you giving Crown of Midnight? I think Crown of Midnight is probably around a four for me. Okay, I was gonna say three eight. So I... yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. I kind of feel like there was a lot going on in a very short yeah. period of time because from the start of the book to the end of the book is like not even a year of time. Like it's right. it's a very it's like a it's like I think it's made like six months. Like it's a very condensed timeline. Because it kind of talks about the yeah. seasons and like there's a lot that happens. So for a the... shorter book to have had that much go on, I feel like she could have fleshed it out maybe a little bit more. But there were no glaring plot holes. There's nothing that I felt like I was right. missing other than it just was like go, 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 go from the beginning. Which is good. Like you, yeah. you don't really want attention. lulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the entire plot of the entire Throne of Glass series is actually a pretty short time period yeah um same with akatar it's a it's a relatively short time period of things happening which makes it interesting it goes fast yeah i really like this one i feel like this one is really where the plot starts i feel like throne of glass like it almost has its own separate plot and then this one Mm -hmm. is really where the plot continues throughout the rest of the books some of the things that like jump out at me for thinking that this is more juvenile writing which again i don't say negatively at all no but yeah she didn't have to do any new or additional world building other than yeah. the new portal elements that she was introducing because she kept it in the exact same setting yeah, with yep. almost the exact same characters doing right. almost the exact same thing. For me, it didn't feel like lazy writing, but it definitely feels like younger writing. And I mean, obviously the characters have to get out and explore and have to do their thing with all these other countries and the story starts to pick up a lot. So there's no way that the third book could then sit in that situation. Yeah. But that's why it's interesting to then know that she put out Assassin's Blade like a year midnight and to see yeah, not, kind of the exploration really sure. of in that. Yeah, I think technically Assassin's Blade was the first thing she wrote. I think that was on um, like a not fan fiction, but like a mm-hmm. like writer's like website where you can just put stuff. Maybe and Assassin's Blade then I think came it was... out. It was published at least the same year right. as Air of Fire. So. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine she would have co-written them. Um, no, it was written it, beforehand. It's interesting yeah. that there's like a, a books one and two that happen in a very, very confined area with a very mm-hmm. limited number of people with not a lot of additional stuff added. You know, if yeah. you get Archer and kind of his world a little bit, but like same people, basically. That's two books. Much it. Yeah. And yeah. So we introduce witches. We introduce witches. We introduce one witch. <laughs> One witch, but, One like, witch. the existence of witches. Yeah, which, yep. I mean, it, she definitely got some good information in there that then set up for... Kind of the rest of the book. The rest of the book. From so that, I, yeah. I can appreciate the utility of this book, for sure. But I, I definitely went on to enjoy Air of Fire, Queen of Shadows, and now Empire of Storms more. Definitely. Because I like that we were getting out there. I mean, you look at, like, the world building that happens in the first 400 pages of Crescent City... And even yeah. in, like, the first book of Akatar versus these first two books really confined to one area. But, Definitely. you know, different different strokes for different stories, for sure. Yeah. And Overall then, enjoyed. Uh, yeah. And after this, when Selena goes to Wendelin, then the characters are all, all over the place in the series. It's, so It's all over the place. I One of the reasons that I had to stop doing the tandem read was because I kind of picked it up after being away from it for a period of time. And I couldn't remember who the heck any of these people were. I yeah. was so lost. Especially in Tower of Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. I was so lost. So I had to 
yeah. that shit straight out. But overall, yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. I'm enjoying the series. It's nice to be reading again. What else are you reading right now, or what are you reading right now? Um, so I am reading a series called The Lunar Chronicles, which it's a YA mm-hmm. series, and it's one that I physically held in my hands multiple times in the bookstore as a teenager and almost bought multiple times but didn't yeah I never and, read it but I've seen it a bajillion and one times yeah it is a fairy tale retelling but like a sci-fi vibes oh, fun. okay yeah so the first one is called cinder about cinderella but <laughs> cinder is a cyborg oh I love that in a futuristic sci-fi society oh, yeah okay wait let me know how it goes it's really good um i read the first one i'm on the second one really good and then the other books i'm reading it's from the of flesh and bone series oh um the lunar chronicles is by marissa meyer i'll put that out there and then Mm -hmm. uh the of flesh and bone series is by harper l woods and that one's fine that one's more of a fantasy Mm -hmm. it's um about fey it's fine it's it's enjoyable not really watching anything new but i have been playing a lot of disney dreamlight valley and hogwarts legacy so same not the disney yeah. dreamlight but i did play and finish hogwarts legacy yeah um and i'm in my second playthrough now yeah which is fun i think it's yeah. the first video game on a console that i have completed like i did harry potter yeah. on the game boy as a mm-hmm. kid but i didn't really play a lot of video games i've never been a big video game person so it was kind of fun to like be good at it and yeah. i thought it was very beautifully done I it's, enjoyed it yeah. thoroughly. There are really some things about it where I feel like it was a little lackluster in some of the things that I just as a fan would have liked to have seen brought to life a little bit more. But apparently yeah. we're going to get that because we're getting an entire Harry Potter HBO series. I am not actually stoked about. I'm not either. I would have been more stoked if it was a Marauders. Or a, a Marauders or a Founders or a Hogwarts Founders. Yep. But instead, we're basically getting a rework of the movies. A rework of the movies from a different lens per HBO. So I'm like, what? So you're just yeah. going to be like, you'll see Harry and Hermione and Ron off to the side, but it'll actually be about like Dean. Like, come on. Like, what is it going to be? I don't think so. I, I just, think they're just going to do. I think it's really difficult. I mean, you're going to be recasting one of the most beloved and widely accepted casts that starred yeah. in eight movies over decade more yeah. than a decade like yep. you gotta know yep. your audience here now people will eat this shit up i don't doubt that but and i'll I watch know. it like, I, I haven't I'm gonna seen, watch I've it seen, i've seen very few people excited about it but yeah but that doesn't mean that there aren't gonna be everyone's gonna tune in because they're curious yeah and then everyone's gonna keep true. watching because they have to know it's not gonna be like a watch to love it's gonna be a watch yeah. because you can't not i think yeah. jk's involvement with the entire production is a little interesting given the backlash yeah. but that there's probably no way that she was gonna sign over the rights like and not have i mean any she creative input she did that with fantastic beasts like, yeah but she she didn't really like write fantastic beasts like it was her idea yeah. and yeah. out of her world and stuff but she i mean they're, they're taking her books for this and yeah. translating it into a show so i can see that yeah. she would want to be more involved with this than with fantastic beasts yeah, and I was thinking that they were doing this so that they could not have her involved and have a fully written like piece of work to go off of instead of trying to write something else in the world, which I feel like they would need to involve her a little bit more, but 
I guess I was wrong. Yeah. No I don't way. know. I'm way more excited about the Percy Jackson series. Uh, yes. Oh. For sure. I've been reading Empire of Storm. I started that uh, about a week ago. And then mm-hmm. I'm also doing one nonfiction book a month in 2023. I'm trying to broaden my mind. It's a lot of self-help books. But I'm reading um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Mm-hmm. I just finished um, You Are a Badass, which what these are they're two like opposite end of the spectrum for self-help books like the chapter titles for the subtle art of not giving a fuck or stuff like you're not special and like stuff like that and then you know the chapter titles for the other ones were like hope is a beautiful thing so it's just funny that like they're so juxtaposed (laughs) and it's like you're trying to get to the same end goal but it's like like this book shits on people who do the self-work and self-help that's noted in the other books and vice versa so it's a little funny to read but you know, which one like expensive. resonates with you more right now the slightly more abrasive but also just very blunt nature of the subtle art of not giving a fuck is resonating with me because I do think a lot of his points are pretty valid especially now the book's a little bit older when was this book written it was written no, 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 2016 so okay. I mean it's been several years since it's been out and he talks a lot about how people have become pretty entitled to having a good life and to being good. And people have become like overly confident without having any actual contribution. Like people are just feeling like they're good and they believe it and therefore they stuff, but they're not. Um, Talks a lot about participation trophy um, lifestyle and also about how people don't have a lot of problems now, now that we've gotten past the need food, need shelter, need human connection. And we're so interconnected that now people give a fuck about basically things that they don't need to. And they spend a lot of time and energy focused on things that should not matter to them. They shouldn't use the energy for. And so it's kind of about reprioritizing where your efforts are going, which I like that motto. I think some of what he says is like a little whatever, but I felt the same way about the other book. The other book was big on like positive manifestations and stuff. And like, if you just believed that you would come up with the money for this trip that you want to take, then it would happen. I don't think it's that cut and dry either. So, yeah. you know, self-help books with take a grain what of salt. Take what applies and leave the rest. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it always feels good to read about bettering yourself. So I can't argue with that. I just finished Shadow and Bone season two on Netflix, mm-hmm. which was good. There's definitely going to be season three. I finished Love is Blind season four, which I don't think you're a Love is Blind person. I'm not a um, reality show person. Yeah. It's a reality TV show. Yeah. Um, I'm watching Vanderpump Rules season 10, which Love is Blind and Vanderpump Rules are like my two big guilty pleasure um, yeah. shows. And then Ted Lasso, the new season of Ted Lasso, which nice. I just think everybody should watch. It's so good. Yeah, it's, I've heard about it. But I don't have Apple top, and I don't it, really want to. <laughs> it's a top five show, I think, of all time for me. Oh, so nice. it definitely yeah. resonates with me. So that's what I've been doing. Um, and obviously after Empire of Storm, I will do Tower of Dawn. Yeah. You know, with a little, a little asterisk that says maybe. (laughs) And then. And we're also, um, we're also prepping for the Eras tour. And we're prepping. I've also been consuming my life. I don't know that we ever need this update. We may have on the last episode, because I think we knew by then, but Delaney was supposed to have like priority, whatever, whatever, to buy tickets for this tour. We're going to go through all my trauma. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it really quickly because this, this, she's like it's like fighting a bear. Ticketmaster shit the bed with the ticket sales, 
Because I'm sure we um, all know. <laughs> and basically her pre-authorization, pre-access, whatever code, she was kicked out and she couldn't reuse it. And then tickets were sold out or there were only... Four times. I was yeah. kicked out in the checkout four times. <laughs> and so we didn't get tickets, which was a real bummer. So we we're thinking maybe we both live in Florida. So we're thinking maybe we try to like scalp tickets for a show in Tampa or whatever. Um, but then obviously ticket prices were just way jacked up. So we did not think that we would be going. And then Delaney got the faded email one day that said, we're so sorry. You should have gotten tickets. Tell us your price range and your preferences and we'll see what we can do. And lo and behold, two tickets for yeah. the Gillette Stadium uh, show in May. Yeah. Yeah. Just over a month from now. So yeah. it's kind of exciting because we get to go home to my home and we'll see my parents, which is cool. But it's yeah. also exciting because Gillette Stadium is a great stadium. I think it's going to be like such a fun place to do it. And we'll kind of get yeah. like a long vacay. But yeah. um, we, have some, we have some costume design work that we need to do. Because yes. I had to change my outfit, and now it needs a little love. So we're having a Taylor Swift night for crafting and yeah. drinks and food and fun. Um, and we're really you... looking forward to that. Yeah, we have to get you up on like concert chants and like yes. references to like music videos and tours and stuff that you'll see. Yeah, so it's basically like I'm rushing. <laughs> Taylor sorority right yeah now. you're rushing taylor swift yeah i'm rushing yep. taylor swift sorority um but yep. it's fun i spent two hours making a printout showing what drinks we're having <laughs> she did it's really cute actually maybe we'll put it on the instagram because it, it is really Thanks. cute um but we're gonna get together and have taylor themed drinks and food do our concert breakdown and stuff because we've got a quick trip up to boston uh but we're cramming a lot in concert wise yep. so very yep. exciting yeah, very, very exciting. I already told uh, my boyfriend that you you are not um, a full-blown Swifty yet, but that I think the concert will be your official baptism. So welcome to the cult. Thank you. I started listening to Taylor Swift music. I like to think that I got there like just before Bandwagoners did. Um, you did. You got there, like I would say, like a lover-ish era. Because I specifically remember you texting me being like, I'm going to listen to this album because I've been hearing so much about it and I want to know what it's all about. Yeah. So we started with Lover. That was when you started first coming in, really. And then Folklore, Evermore, all that jazz. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I listened to her music in high school like most people did. A lot of her initial yeah. album consumption for me was what was popular on the radio. And yep. then um, probably Red maybe ish is red is where she like... started to get more pop more yeah. pop sounds and, and when she yeah. got more pop sounds then i started to listen to like her albums in their entirety but i wouldn't mm -hmm. have said that like if i was say my top three artists it wouldn't have been taylor swift at that point yeah and then yeah with lover lover was a good one for me um 1989 had a lot of i liked a lot of her music from 1989 so I think that's yeah, when I kind a of lot really of, started getting into it was 1989. A lot I of think. people think that 1989 is her best album. Um, mm. It definitely had all of her like biggest pop hits are from 1989. Yeah. I don't know that it's my favorite album of hers, but it's definitely where I liked a majority, if not all of the music on the album versus just yeah. picking a few songs. I liked, I liked right. pretty much every song on Red, but yeah, that was definitely the one where I was like, oh no, I do like Taylor Swift's music. But yeah. it's being a Taylor Swift fan 
was challenging at the time because she was a country star and it was okay to like her. Yeah. Then she transitioned to pop and it became very uncool to like Taylor Swift. Yeah, it I've was gone something the whole that yeah. It was yeah. it was something that girls liked and just yep. like with anything else that girls like or girls make a hobby out of, it was vilified somehow. And it was uncool to be a Taylor Swift fan. So the amount, the amount of like, just like vitriol I experienced from real life people to my face mm-hmm. when I said I was a Taylor Swift fan. It's gross. It was wild. It was it's, wild. It still happens now. I like that the Swift fan base, the Swifties, Swifties, um, have. They've got some backbone now. Like it's, yeah. they'll look at someone and be like, "If you, you know, it's life is way too short to act like you don't like her music. Like, don't care about your opinions." Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is like 2009, 2010. I'm a sophomore in high school, and yeah. it's not. Boys don't think it's cool for you to like Taylor Swift at that point. No, um, and and then even, even in college. Yeah, no, definitely not. And because even expanding like just like oh it's girly music it was like i want to say like red to right after 1989 it's like when people started hating her people hated her hated her it wasn't just like "Eh, that's not my thing it was oh she she dates too many guys she only writes music about break i and i think i said it too on tiktok girl did a breakdown of the most recent morgan wallen album yeah with Taylor yeah. Swift's most recent album and the proportion of songs about breakup or relationships and then also directly about breakups and proportionally he writes way more music about relationships and breakups than she did but yeah. it's just and also during became... that time of like criticism of like oh she only writes about breakups like Ed mm-hmm. Sheeran and Bruno Mars were two like really big artists who were known to write about breakups like yep. that was their deal and no one was saying that to them no it's because she's a woman Um, it's because she's a woman in the public eye who was very successful in an industry that can very easily tear down or make mute of younger women. I mean, Taylor Swift is not that much older than I. She's 33. Yeah. And she is a teenager and a young adult, a young woman at this point, putting out music about her life and never... She was completely unapologetic about writing about her life in that way. She was very genuine. And sharing yeah, and mm-hmm. she she wrote music that spoke to people like you, people like me, younger women who were going through a lot of the same emotions. Yeah. And I don't think people liked that it empowered women. I don't nope. think people liked that it gave women something, someone to like and to cheer on. And I just, I mean, we've all seen the discourse about what it's like. Like it's totally fine for men to have sports teams that they like. And right. to cheer for those and buy the merch and go to the shows and do all that. But, like, a Taylor yeah. Swift concert is, like, oh, my God, gross, out of control, whatever. So right, I think that she highlighted a lot of negative discourse around women in the industry. And Definitely. just about liking girly stuff in general. I was a victim yeah. of that. I didn't yeah. wear pink or buy pink items until, like, two years ago. Right. I have yeah. nothing against the color pink. Right. It's but just that, like, oh, like a girly girl, like the girly shit. It's yeah. for girls, and girls are not allowed to like things. Girls are not allowed to have hobbies. That's why yep. I love shit like book talk so much, because it yep. is predominantly women talking about the hobbies that they have and the things that they do. Yeah. And and I think that's another reason that 
Taylor Swift resonates with so many people. I know it's one of the reasons she resonates with me is because Mm -hmm. like she, she's always been a dork, but she's also always been very enthusiastic about the things that she enjoys and like Mm -hmm. unapologetically. So, and in a world where, yeah, as a teenage girl, you are constantly torn down for things that you just enjoy. Yeah. It was like a safe space. Was Taylor Swift music. Very excited for the concert. We hope that she's doing okay. Yes. Rumors circulating, her boyfriend have split up. If that's yeah. the case, you know, people break up. It's fine. I just, I would just like her to be happy. That's my, that's yeah. my only thing. Happy. I just think we all want to be happy. Doing well. Yep. Happy and doing well. Yep. So, I don't know when this episode will drop. It'll be in April. Um, but I have yep. finals this week and next week, so it'll probably be after that. We are on Instagram. I think it's the Wicked Good Book Club. Same handle on TikTok. Uh, we used to mm-hmm. have really funny TikToks. We did. <laughs> maybe, maybe we will again. I don't know. And until next time, we will talk to you next time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's the same thing every time. Goodbye. Until next time, we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>